Hello and welcome to the Net Zero Investor podcast, reporting on and from Dubai, where COP28 is taking place. My name is Mona Dola. I'm the editor of Net Zero Investor. And with us today, we've got David Atkin, CEO of UNPRI, the United Nations Principles for Responsible Investment, and Tamsin Ballard, Chief Initiatives Officer at UNPRI. Hi, good morning both, or actually good afternoon in your case, because you're in Dubai. Thanks very much for joining us. Hello, thank you, and thanks for the invitation to join you. It's great. Uh, thank you very much for, for taking the time out of what I imagine must be a really busy day. So we've obviously just had Finance Day wrapping up, and can you tell us a little bit more, like, what, what are the key themes that stood out for you from Finance Day? Yes, thank you. I mean, look, I think maybe just to start by noting that, yes, there's a specific finance day, but it's very much not confined the, uh, to one day, the discussions on finance. You know, it runs through the whole of the, the COP process. Um, I think maybe just a, a couple of points to highlight. So one is the, the broader discussion around finance. So kind of the focus on the need for a just transition, the focus on adaptation and the, the role of different actors when it comes to adaptation finance. Um, and then, of course, the, the role of nature and that interface between nature and climate um, and the important role of nature in delivering on the net zero um, commitments and requirements um, and the finance implications for that. So all of these are absolutely critical discussions as part of that broader umbrella um, of finance and, and build on uh, discussions last year in Egypt and prior to that in Glasgow. So a lot of progress there. Um, I think also, you know, seeing some of the more detailed discussions both within the blue zone and beyond on what's actually needed to mobilize and align private finance to support this essential transition to, to net zero and to uh, kind of a resilient net zero future. Um, so, for example, discussions around the, the critical role of having a supportive enabling policy environment uh, to align finance flows and similarly the, the role of the multilateral development banks um, and blended finance to help ensure that climate finance reaches the emerging markets and developing economies as well. So both that kind of thematic, but also uh, the implementation. Um, and maybe just one point to, to highlight that came out yesterday specifically around the declaration on a global climate finance framework. So that was launched yesterday and very much echoes our own call for enabling policy environment. Um, and it was really good to see the, the declaration at the you know, cutting through at the highest levels of the COP process, which really shows the seriousness with which the issue is now being taken. Okay, that, that's great. You sound actually quite optimistic, which is interesting. We, we obviously had some big level policy announcements as well in the first couple of days. Um, but so I feel like as the summit goes on, there's a few sticking points that are coming kind of through, like the phase out of fossil fuels, which is obviously going to be a lot trickier to resolve. What do you think is the mood like on, on in the, after the first week pretty much of the summit? So I think this comes back to, to the fact that you've got a huge ecosystem here of obviously you've got the parties and the negotiators and you've got um, a wide range of different observers such as ourselves, but with academics, campaigners um, and many others that uh, are outside of the negotiations process. So, for example, we're seeing kind of a lot of financial institutions participating. You know, they're here in Dubai having the conversations, kind of seeing what's needed in order to bring finance to uh, 
uh, to be able to support the the transition to to net zero. Um, and so I think the the mood within these different groups, you know, is is unified in terms of what's needed. Ultimately, it's more commitments and it's action on those commitments as well. And I think that's one of the key things in having the the observers here as well. Um, I think you know the the key question is how far the negotiations are able to progress towards a compromise. We're nearly at the halfway point, so um, you know, there's there's further to go on this. Absolutely, but you know there are some positive signs in the announcements, such as the loss and damage funds operationalization. Obviously, what does that mean in terms of financial contributions? Um, but as I said, the the, the fact that some of these discussions are now happening, they're broader, they're getting into some of the specifics, um, and it's the discussions that, that are happening outside of the negotiations as well, which I think also gives uh, gives me optimism. Um, but we hope we will see some, some good progress coming out of the negotiations as well, but time will tell. Okay, very interesting. So you already mentioned policy there, just bringing in David as well. So UNPRI is also at the helm of a new task force on net zero policy can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, apologies. Yes, yeah, so look, the task force is going to bring together global experts and regulators uh, in this way that gives us a chance to engage systemically on how we can help create an enabling environment, an enabling policy environment, something that, um, you know, we've been calling out for, for quite a while now. And this is about helping to move the needle on regulation. So we're living in a world where the rules we do business by are additive to the net zero outcomes. And the task force objectives are to provide a, a space for collaboration and knowledge sharing, to share research and help develop best practice, to identify blockers and opportunities in how net zero issue, issues may uh, be best reflected in policy developments. And the partners that are already stepping up, we're getting a lot of interest uh, now that the task force has been announced. We've had the European Climate Foundation, the International Financial Reporting Standards Foundation, the Vulnerable 20 Group and UNIPFI as starters, but we've got a lot of other organisations that are uh, looking to join the, um, uh, join the initiative. And the task force will provide more information on how it will be governed and structured in the coming months, as well as how it will um, update on its progress. Okay, interesting. Um, so does, how does that correspond with the global stock take? Yeah, so the, I think the first thing to say is that I think it, the, the global stock take, uh, you know, we hope does acknowledge the role of uh, private finance, and we think the task force is an example of how private finance can um, better partner uh, with uh, the public sector. Um, and the task force's activity is predicated on the high-level experts group 2022 report, uh, Integrity Matters. And HLEG, as it's called, set out a series of 10 recommendations which align with the path towards net zero. And the task force will focus on the 10th of these recommendations, the need to accelerate policy change. And the thinking is if we can move the needle on this, not just for financial services regulation, but more broadly, we'll see the other nine recommendations of that report also fall into line. Okay, interesting. So HLEC being the high-level expert group on sustainable finance, right? Just for a listening. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And so obviously some countries are a lot more committed than others on the net zero journey. I know you, David, were among the signatories of um, a letter to the UK Prime Minister, for example, on, on his kind of apparent U-turn on net zero targets. But there are obviously other countries as well that are way varying a little bit, to put it mildly. What role can the task force play in creating greater accountability on net zero leaders and luggers? Yeah, no, good question. 
So the task force has as a key remit to share learning and to foster collaboration. And that means if a country A is not doing something on net zero policy and country B is doing something similar or complementary, um, sorry, if a, sorry, if, 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 if a country A is doing something on net zero and another country uh, is doing something similar or complementary, um, the task force should exist as a mechanism to help them talk together to each other and be joined up and consistent in their approach. And this means that the best practice from the leaders has a chance to disseminate within global systems, especially when the benefits of these policy changes manifest in good outcomes. I mean, it's clear, it's important to say that the task force isn't here to beat countries with a stick. We don't have the power to do that. But what we can do is show what's working and why, and to incentivise positive evolution in the way that we need. Okay, so it focus on the positive examples rather than the laggards. Exactly. We're trying to create a, a fertilisation of good ideas and to bring the practitioners who are there seeking to uh, implement net zero policies or sorry, net, net zero targets with the policy setters uh, to make sure that the right incentive, incentive, incentives are being put in place to enable all the, or are dealing with the blockages that are preventing uh, earlier ad adoption of net zero programs or work. So that's why it's um, that's why we we think this is a very positive step that the um, the task force can play. Interesting. And what would be some some kind of examples, practical examples of changes that policymakers or regulators could make to or to implement to? facilitate greater investment in the net zero transition. Thank you. So back to me now. Um, so, yes, I think there can be four broad areas that are really critical. So firstly, thinking about um, the enabling, if you want to enable financial flows to align with that pathway to, to 1.5 degrees, we need to pursue foundational financial policy reforms. So this is changes in laws, regulations that govern financial markets. So things like disclosures, duties, stewardships, transition planning, which has been another key theme that, uh, that we've been hearing here at, at COP. So that's absolutely critical. Um, secondly, around developing the whole of government approach to the transition, you know, we need to move the real economy uh, to get to, to net zero. Um, and then that really requires that economic transition um, to ensure that climate policy isn't isolated away from business as usual, economic and social policy. You know, it's at the moment, it's, it's too separated out that you've got thinking about climate, think about economic, think about social policy separately. They need to come together. Um, third, back to the point I was raising before about why it's it, we've been so encouraged in seeing the discussions on nature, you know, on just transition, on adaptation. You know, we need to connect all of these pieces together. We need a holistic approach to this. We need to connect the mitigation, adaptation, nature policy reforms. They're all interconnected and we cannot reach net zero, for example, without halting and reversing biodiversity loss can't tackle biodiversity loss without addressing climate change. So bring those together. Um, and maybe the fourth one is around the, the multilateral financial architecture and you know really aligning that with sustainability goals. Um, we know that the capital that's required to, to address all the interconnected crises is beyond the capacity of the public or private sector alone. Um, so we need to make sure that the global financial system um, is really fit for purpose, uh, not only in the case of mobilizing and lining financial flows to areas that need it the most, but also in strengthening the broader global financial policy agenda. Okay, that's interesting, Tamsin, because it kind of feeds back to what you were saying earlier about COP of 
there being so many different topics that like the fine it's not just finance day, but it sort of feeds through the whole conference and interlinks with events on nature positivity, nature positive investing, for example. Absolutely, yes. Okay, that's that's a great sign. So we've got just over one week to go of of COP and what what policy results uh, are you hoping for to see at this year's summit? Um, so look, ultimately, for, for us, this COP has been about sounding the call for an enabling policy environment. You know, we have we have the right actors at the table now on uh, from the non-state side. Um, you know, investors are engaged on this and they're starting to move move the needle. But we know that a lot more needs to be done. Um, and so, how to make sure that you know that we're all working in the same direction to to be able to to achieve that? So it's more support from the regulatory and legal environments that investors operate in in order to you know really marshal their efforts towards greater action. Um, so as I was saying, you know, investors are acting, they are starting to act in this space, but we do need to see that policy environment in place um, so that investors can play the, a full role within this. And if we do, then we'll see benefits in terms of kind of the climate outcomes and positive ec- economy and business growth in the long term. Um, I think it's important to remember that, you know, domestic policy isn't decided here at COP. So negotiators will then go back home um, and they'll talk about the right way to enact the agreements that are reached here. But if we can manage to land the message that we do need to create that policy in a way that leads us to to good climate outcomes, I mean, that's ultimately our our goal here. Okay, very interesting. And obviously the effort doesn't end at COP, Um, but uh, that's that's. Quite, uh, quite, yeah. Leaves you actually quite um, sounds quite hopeful and optimistic, which is good. Um, thank you very much, Tamsin and David, for taking the time out of your very busy schedule. I'll let you get back to the climate summit, and um, yeah, to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this session and stay tuned for more news from Net Zero. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.